0: We're going to get started. Uh oh. Let's try that again. There we go. Make sure all of our audio is working. People are still joining. Okay, well, we'll start. Close this.
1: All right. Well, um, welcome everybody. We're going to start the meeting now. Hopefully, everybody can hear us and get their Zoom set up the way they want to. Uh, I'm going to go through a presentation um, and then um, we'll go from there and open it up to questions and hopefully some answers and collect some information from
0: folks. So, I'm going to share my screen. And away we go.
1: So this is the city government study task force uh, community engagement meeting. Um, This is about the current government structure and the proposed government restructure. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for joining us to learn more about the proposed government restructure and to provide your thoughts and feedback tonight. My name is Porter Arneal, Director of Communications and Creative Resources for the City of Lawrence, and here with me is John Nalbandian, Professor Emeritus of the KU School of Public Affairs and Administration. A little bit of housekeeping. Um, This hybrid meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the City's YouTube channel. On Zoom, please mute yourself unless you are speaking. Since chats cannot be seen by the YouTube audience, the chat function is turned off. After the presentation, there will be time for public comment and questions. We ask people to keep comments and questions brief. Some questions may require some research. Um, So if that's the case, responses will be gathered and posted as FAQs on the webpage. The meeting is scheduled to go to 7 PM and we may go longer if needed, but of course understand if people have to drop off prior. A recording of the video from tonight's meeting and the previous meeting is available, will be available on the city's YouTube channel um, with links on the community engagement webpage as well. There are more opportunities to provide feedback at the uh, link here that I'm showing, which is our community engagement link for uh, government restructure. You can find that on the city's main webpage. The goals of this are to provide educational background on the current city government structure, to provide background and information on the task force uh, proposed city government restructure, to glean feedback and input, to provide more information to the city commission, uh, ultimately help the city commission determine what, if any question or questions they might want to add to the November, 2022 ballot. Our current government structure, the city of Lawrence currently operates under a commission manager form of government. The city commission is our governing and legislative or policy-making body, and the city manager is responsible for the management of city operations and employees. The city manager is hired and supervised by the city commission. Bear with me one second.
0: We have more folks joining. I need to let them in. The city commission comprises five commissioners who are elected at
1: large or citywide to represent the entire community on a nonpartisan basis. City commission elections are held every two years and there are three commission seats available in every election. The two candidates who receive the most votes in an election are elected to a four-year term. The candidate who receives the third most votes is elected to a two-year term. After an election, the three newly elected commissioners join the two commissioners who are continuing to serve the four-year terms they were elected to in the previous election. The group of five commissioners vote on who will be the mayor and vice mayor for the following year. While not required, traditionally, the two candidates who receive the most votes in the most recent election are chosen to serve as mayor for one year. In 2021, outgoing mayor Jennifer Ananda brought forward concerns with the current government structure, including the alignment of skills necessary for the mayoral position with individual capacity and experience, the need for a leader with more longevity, especially during during times of crisis, and the value of reassessing structures on occasion. The city commission worked with city staff to assemble a city government study task force and ask them to review the current form of our city commission structure and provide any recommended changes for their consideration. John Nalbandian was selected to chair the task force. In addition to serving as faculty and department chair at the KU School of Public Affairs and Administration, he was elected to the city commission from 1991 to 1995 and was reelected from 1995 to 1999. He served as mayor of Lawrence twice, once between 1993 and 1994, and again between 1996 and 1997. The government study task force included Jim Carpenter, Eileen Horn, Dustin Stumbling Bear, Rachel Reed, Burdette Loomis, Hugh Carter, Bonnie Johnson, John Wilson, Ursula Minor, Sammy Turner, and uh, city staff liaisons were the city manager Craig Owens and city attorney Tony Wheeler. The proposed government restructure to evaluate our current system and the present concern presented concerns. The task force was asked to conduct a comprehensive review of three things whether to elect a nonpartisan mayor at large, whether to create district nonpartisan representation of commissioners, and whether to develop terms and office of the commissioners and mayor. And I am now going to turn it over to John Nalbandian to continue.
2: Um, thank you, Porter. Uh, first, um, I want to uh, thank the, uh, the task force members. Um, it was a pleasure working with them. Uh, we had advocates for different uh, parts of the questions that we were dealing with, um, but all, uh, all in all, I think it was more uh, sort of a, a, a culture of inquiry uh, rather than advocacy. Um, and so we really you know, took a look at, as you can see, uh, we considered uh, community values along with our own experiences with local government. Uh, we looked at some academic research. Uh, we had correspondence with other local government experts and review of government structures in similar communities. Hang on a second. Um, i want to I want to read for you um, the values uh, we considered community values along with our own experiences and Eileen Horn was uh, one of our task force members she was instrumental in helping us come up with a set of questions that uh, we informally asked ourselves as we were considering the questions before us. Uh, We had six questions. Um, Does our proposal, do our proposals provide fair representation for residents? Uh, Will they increase voter engagement? Do they recognize the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion ensuring that we hear from voices traditionally left out of our government structures and processes? Um, Do they encourage more civil discourse as a community? Do they produce, produce, produce results that are widely accepted by the community? And they produce results importantly that will lead to effective policy making and implementation? go ahead. Um, ultimately um, we decided on the following changes uh, to our form of government. We, I think we also should notice that, uh, as far as I could tell, we have not made changes in our form of government uh, since uh, the form was adopted in the in the 1950s, when population was something like 20,000 people. So, um, as the former mayor um, said, it's. Uh, it's about time just to kind of take a look at things and 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 see what see what we can come up with. So uh, first, uh, we recommended the direct election of a nonpartisan mayor. Nonpartisan—that's an important piece of this. Direct election to a four-year term. The mayor would be elected by the city of Lawrence uh, voters at large. Go ahead. According to the task force directly electing a nonpartisan mayor to a four-year term would provide both greater focus and continuity than the current one-year term. Furthermore, campaigns for mayor could potentially improve our community's discussions over the city's future and increase resident interest in municipal government. There is also one other thing that is not on this list. Uh, What a directly elected mayor can do is we can be assured that the person who is elected and who will serve as mayor wants to be the mayor. So that may not always be the case in our present system. The top two vote getters, both by tradition, get to be uh, have a, a term as mayor. They may not have signed up necessarily to be to be the mayor. So that's another um, kind of a, um, sort of factor. I think that uh, argues for a directly elected mayor. Next, second. Um, we recommended the creation of six districts in Lawrence. Now, this was an interesting one because while the directly elected mayor for a four-year term, while um, we were really, I think over time we were really on board on board with that one. The the recommendation regarding the way that we would uh, represent. Um, Residents, either by district or at large, um, we were more ambivalent about that. We did we did come up with the with the six uh, districts. Um, I did look and uh, I looked at some uh, data and tried to determine um, other jurisdictions that are like ours what kind of direct, do, do they have a directly elected mayor? And 70% of those did. So we're an outlier there. But when it comes to a uh, district or at-large election, that's really a mixed bag because we have some jurisdictions like ours that are all at-large, some are all districts, some are a combination of district and at-large, and some are even, where the representative has to reside in the district, but is elected at large. So there are all kinds of different ways when we talk about, when we talk about electing the representatives. So let's go to the next slide. What we came up with was that six districts would each elect a nonpartisan commissioner who would serve a staggered four year term with staggered schedule three commissioners would be elected every two years so we'd have new we've had potentially a new group of uh, commissioners but we would still have the continuity of having having three on board next so if the city adopted these recommendations, and and let's be clear that what we're doing here is we are making recommendations to the city commission. Ultimately, the city commission is the one that has to decide whether or not these proposals will be put on, uh, on the November ballot. They may choose uh, either the issue having to do with the mayor or the districts, uh, either one of those or or a combination. Uh, a combination. So um, if the city adopted these recommendations, we'd have a city commission comprised of seven people, six commissioners, one community elected mayor directly. And there would be uh, also note that there will be some added fiscal impact if this new government structure is is approved. Go ahead. So um, now we'd like to hear from you, and the question is: um, Pretend you're a task force member, and uh, would you, uh, would you, should Lawrence voters directly elect a mayor to serve a four-year term, and should we create six districts for election of 6 nonpartisan commissioners to represent represent those districts?
3: Peter,
1: if we could, we go in alphabetical order. No. As the gentleman with whose last name starts with an A.
3: Yes. Um, I ran for city commission in 2011. I moved back to Lawrence in 2002, after having graduated with a four-year undergrad in 1975. And I'm a native Cadence and originally born in Emporia. I've been a career architect and I'll make it short. I definitely support these changes, both for commissioners by district and for an elected mayor. I myself never wanted to be mayor, but I've lived in Centennial for 20 years. And um, I definitely sometimes have spoken on behalf of Centennial Neighborhood. Anyway, the, my point to make it quick is in 2011, this is in support of election by district. Uh, it was the only time I ran for public office in my life. and It was the uh, spring of 2011, cold weather, In a very poor voter turnout. I believe it's the lowest, it was only 11%. So I would argue that in low voter turnout, it's also more important because um, certain districts may or may not vote as frequently as the others. So to finish in 2011, I would have come in second or third, winning a two or four year term, if votes had only been counted east of Iowa. I came in last in every precinct west of Iowa. Hugh Carter was my reciprocal, if you will, coming in last in every precinct east of Iowa, and he won. So I think the comparison, uh, I, I would have won a, a second or a four or two-year term if we don't make votes east of Iowa. Uh, lastly, um, I just really encourage I'm a mayor because mayors make appointments. None of you know it, but I was appointed to Historic Resources by David Dunfield, who was a high school classmate one year younger. And I served one term, but it's important who the mayor appoints. So Mike Amex called me and said, Sven, I'm sorry to tell you, you're not being reappointed after one term. Usually people are, but Sue Hack's in charge now. She's going to be the mayor and she doesn't want to reappoint you. Well, guess what? due to the death of the chairman, Greg Hickam, unfortunately, by suicide and attrition of other members while I was on there, I would have been the chairman going into the Oread Hotel Review. And it was pretty well known, I opposed the project, but I wasn't reappointed by Commissioner Hack. So I'd like to emphasize, appointments are very important as well as election of commissioners. Thank you.
2: Uh, you know, we should also, this is John Albandian, and we should also add that um, while the mayor um, nominates for board appointments, the uh, governing body as a whole has to approve. With the comments, uh, Jack has a...
4: Yeah, yes, my, my question is, uh, Obviously, the commission studied uh, most of this. And my question uh, with the district, district elected commissioners is what was the criteria that might've determined that you would get a higher voter turnout, which already is relatively low for commissioners by districting them uh, as opposed to get somebody elected from a district who could win with a few hundred votes
2: thanks jack um we 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 thought there are three advantages to the direct to the districts the first was um a a more direct connection of district residents to uh, the city government the second was um it's likely to cost much less to run a campaign uh, for a district rather than at large. And um, that may in fact encourage uh, more people to to actually take part and to, uh, and to uh, um, consider a candidacy. And I think it would bring more knowledge of the district uh, and the district needs to the commission as a whole. So those were those were the those were the, the the considerations. Now there's also, though, we have to understand that, or at least consider, that I think in Lawrence, when we think of Lawrence politically, um, and political sort of divisions, uh, we associate those interests, let's put it that way, uh, with neighborhoods. So, you know, we have East Lawrence, North and so on and so forth. The challenge of districts will be um, something like 15,000 15, residents per district if we have um, um, if if we go to six six districts. That means that while we will have the informal or maybe formal neighborhood boundaries. Those boundaries will will the district boundaries will overlap and combine uh, neighborhoods that may be good, may be bad. I, you know I don't know. But uh, for example, let me give you an example. Like if you consider East Lawrence, for East Lawrence to be a district. East Lawrence, the neighborhood, that sort of the neighborhood concept, would have to extend all the way out to the fairgrounds, <laughs> you know, and it would, and and it would have to be, you know, from um, from Sixth Street probably all the way down um, to Thirty-first Street. I don't know. I'm just guessing because I don't know where fifteen thousand residents are. So that's, I don't know whether that's a drawback or a a positive, but I think it's a fact. Just
4: just to follow up, was there any study of other cities that did this, that it actually did draw more voters or is this the presumption of um, of the logic of the, the members or was there actually any study to look to see if that actually occurred?
2: Uh, Jack, the, 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 the original really kind of uh, uh, a push for district elections over what had been going on in the past came in the 1960s when the concern with civil rights was significant. Um, and so at-large elections were dominated by majority communities and there was in effect systematic, um, it turned out whether whether deliberate or not, there was systematic denial of representation by minority, minority communities. So that the Civil Rights Act, as it had been litigated and so on and so forth, then mandated in some places after litigation that there be districts. Now that, that argument here in lawrence i looked at it in terms of the demographics and it's just it's hard to find a justification on that basis because the minority population is relatively small here it's Um, believe it or not, dispersed in the the community. Uh, And so, you know, that argument of the underrepresented, I mean, we're hoping that district elections would um, give more voice to those who are not involved as much just because they will have... A, a particular person that they can go to, and that particular person uh, would would have an interest, interest in them. So I kind of rambled on there, but who's next?
1: Let me, uh, James, we'll go to you, and then we have a few folks in the room here, so we'll turn it over and see if anybody wants to say anything here. Go ahead. So um, first, John, thank you very much for
5: all the work you did. Uh, and to the commission I think the task force I think this is a very valuable uh, uh, thought process and I think it's very timely uh, actually I think it's overdue something that I was uh, wanting to, hoping to see sooner um, uh, a couple of questions are there particular advantages to having at large commissioners that as you are weighing these things back and forth I like the idea of districts myself but are there particular advan- any advantages that were uh, uh, very uh, prominent in the discussion of having at-large commissioners, and um, um, how did you consider the, the 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 visionary role of a mayor in this discussion as well? Because I think that's probably one of the things that uh, this particular structure. Uh, gives us a, a, a tremendous advantage. Uh, and, and something that we've lacked is an overwhelm, an overriding community vision. Uh, mayors have to run as, as visionaries of the community. Uh, and we've, we've, uh, I think, unfairly relied on our city managers to fill that role. So th- those, th- that was more of a comment, and, uh, but I'd like your input on that. And, and then the other comment about, uh, about the at large districts.
2: Well, the at-large districts. Um, the the positives are that um, you know the commission as a whole uh, um, is by design structure is looking at the city as a whole, and so what it also does it gives individual residents an opportunity to contact whichever commissioner they think is sympathetic to to their to their views. And I'll tell you a little story. Uh, When I was on the council, Bob Moody was on the council with me. And, um, um, you know, I rarely got, a phone call, even though I got more votes than anybody in the, I rarely got a phone call from a resident about a problem or this and that. No, I I think I came across as kind of aloof, you know, Uh, Bob Moody didn't. Moody was, and Moody was always bringing, you know, those kinds of uh, questions, questions to the council. So one of the positives is that you do get you know, you have access access to that. The other thing is, I looked at um, issues that the council, or I'm sorry, you say council, but the commission has been dealing with um, over time, and um, almost all of them are sort of community wide issues. Uh, so that that's uh, another in favor of at large. But I really think the districts, they really, I just think. They, as we get bigger, I think it's harder for residents to connect to the to the city government, and I think with districts, that's going to be, um, you know, that's going to be a positive. Now, regarding the mayor, um, we actually did um, we talked about the mayor's role. Mm -hmm. We're not recommending, this wasn't part of our recommendation, but we did want to look at the mayor's role. I think the way we distinguish Um, A lot of people, when they think of a directly elected mayor, they think of a mayor who has executive authority and who uh, is in charge of the staff and can tell the staff what to do and so on and so forth. The way we conceived of the mayor in in this case is we're talking about a facilitative mayor who has the power to convene rather than the power to direct. And I think that's, an for me, that's a very important distinction, especially these days when bringing people together seems to be such an important um, aspect of problem solving to have a mayor who sees that, not only sees that as a, a central feature of the role, but in fact, when they are campaigning. those are kinds of questions that can be addressed to the addressed to the mayor so uh we thought the mayor we we identified some uh responsibilities preside over meetings of the governing body, vote as a member of the governing body on every issue before the commission. Um, facilitate governing body visioning and strategic planning, provide an annual state of the city address, formally represent the city in ceremonial roles, represent the city in intergovernmental roles for elected officials, and after consultation with governing body members, appoint residents to advisory boards. We were also very much... um, influenced by the city manager's comments that he would be very concerned if we were making recommendations that gave more power to the the mayor and at the expense of the other commissioners because the relationship between the city manager and the governing body from the city manager standpoint, um, Craig and I know the other city managers want to be able to have access to each of the commissioners and develop that relationship between the staff and the council. So that's the facilitative mayor that we are conceiving of as this role.
5: I think that's a very valid concept and, and very applicable to our community. So thanks for that, I, that, was, that was very helpful.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna turn it over to the room here if anybody wants to, any, any comments? You just step up to the podium yeah. here. Hi, thank adjust you. Adjust the height if you'd like to. All right.
6: <laughs> um, my name's Kevin Kelly. Um, actually, I'm I am a person that was in this town when it was twenty thousand people, and um, you know the idea of running an election at large was not much different than running, running one in the districts that are proposed here very similar size and doable. Um, the, I, I think the, my biggest concern about our current and why I think two parts, the, the district uh, election is, is important is uh, first, um, running citywide campaigns as you mentioned is it's a challenge and and it limits people's access to engage in the political process. Um, second, the um, uh, the while uh, currently, uh, you know, we have a, a dispersion of underrepresented populations in our city. Um, by having at large uh, uh, elections, is a way to truly ensure that underrepresentation of underrepresented communities. And um, it, while we have an, a, an, an anomaly, and I say that in a positive way in our current elected officials, I don't think that we should count on that being the case uh, using this, our current structure. Um, it's also uh, very, uh, when you look at cities of approximately 100,000 people, it, it, this isn't what, what you see. You see district or a combination of district at large. And so I I really um, am just uh, supportive of of this recommendation. Uh, I think it's also when you represent everybody, you kind of represent no one. So who do you call when your street's bad? Or what do you do when all five commissioners are elected from the same neighborhood? uh so so it 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 eliminates a lot of uh, negative possibilities i think and as for uh the uh, the office of mayor um the uh i was recently on a, a group that went to northwest arkansas to visit uh, oh, yeah. with cities there and every city had a elected mayor um and and that's one of the most prosperous areas in our region um and i think it is and and i don't know that this was on the uh, list but i think it's important that when we're looking to do things to develop our community that we have an elected official to represent us uh at the last meeting i was at you know the the the, the mayor who was, I mean, representing us, fine, our mayor was, uh, but basically I had to say, well, I, I won't, I'll only be mayor until next year. So the mayors, the, the peer-to-peer relationships don't develop between mayors when they're on a rotating basis. And those structures in any field of having peers that, that you can call upon, uh, to help you uh, uh, in your job uh, are critical. So uh, I would like to congratulate the committee and I think that, that the work you did was really good. And I look forward to seeing this on ballot. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else in the room?
7: Come on up. Um, I'd just like to point out, um, I don't- What your name? Oh, Chris Flowers, yeah. Um, that when it comes to minorities, I don't know if you looked at college students, but when it comes to camp, like students living on campus, I think it's five thousand, and so just from that that very specific age group, they are very much left out of um, the political process. So. Um, was there any talk about how like should was there any talk about like what how to um district district up the community i guess cuz i don't think call it like i think campus should all be included in one district and i could see potential for like um some candidates wanting to you know basically gerrymander the city cuz um, Lisa Larson lives close to campus. And I, if I was her, I wouldn't wanna be in a predominantly just college, because I mean, she's a senior citizen. Her views might not match with young people. So um, I think that would be an argument for districts. Um, I was just gonna ask, it's, also, I wanna make the statement, I don't think the commissioner should be the ones in charge of districting. Um, was there any talk about how the how the town would get districted up i guess is what my question is
2: um i think uh, by law that that's the way it's done that there are there are requirements for um drawing districts And then, uh, and those are, those are objective requirements. And, um, and then um, the commission, and what happens is, I'm pretty sure what would happen is that the, um, um, the districts, a proposal for districts would be brought to the commission. The commission wouldn't necessarily be involved in the nuts and bolts of how that's done, um, and, um, and the county, the county clerk, or county voter, whatever, would, would Jamie Shue would be involved in heavily, heavily involved in that. One one thing I would say though, you know, I. I did, um, I asked uh, the staff for the addresses of our commissioners over the last 20 years. (laughs) And then I, you know, plotted them on a map and there's no pattern. I mean, you think there would be, you know, that's the myth. I mean, it's a myth. Uh, It's just like, well, it's a probability. It's a probability. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, In reference to your question, Chris, uh, Kansas State Statute 12 10A03 is the, uh, is regards how districts would be formed after the vote. Basically, what we have is 30 days after the vote, the governing body of the city will draw districts based off of, of the precinct boundaries that need to be contiguous compact, and equal in size. That's a brief summary. I am not an attorney, but that's the information we have just to give us, you know, a sense that there is, there's a structure in place for that.
2: Yeah, you know, and with college, the consideration of the college students, um, I looked at, uh, was it census? Yeah, I was looking at the Census Bureau and my goodness, the challenges they have in trying to uh, categorize—you categorize, know, which students, uh, which students are considered permanent residents, which aren't considered permanent residents—how uh, do we? Uh, you should see the income, the challenges determining average income. Uh, I, I, I wanted to compare us to. Uh, like Olathe and Shawnee, or a couple of the Johnson Johnson County cities, and it was such a wide dispersal. We had all this, all these poor people living here. And then I said, "This doesn't make sense." So then I looked at Iowa City and Manhattan, same as us. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the Census Bureau acknowledges the challenges in uh, you know doing the work they they do with college college yeah, towns. Yeah.
1: Um, Anybody else here in the room that wants to speak?
8: Uh, Dan Dannenberg, 2702 University Drive. Uh, We're well past the time for a new uh, structure of city government. Uh, It's absolutely shameful that we're using the same structure that was in effect in the 1950s. Uh, We need districts uh, and they need to be reasonably established. I would like to have somebody in my district that I could go to say, hey, I need to do, this. you know, we need this. How can we do this? Do we give a couple sawbucks to the we're becoming more unionized uh, city employees? Uh, do we give a couple sawbucks to the union shop steward to get something done? Or um, how how would that work? Uh, I'm tired of being the neighborhood rat. Uh, I fill out I don't know how many times I complain about uh, cars parked to block sidewalks and then I have to call the police well the police don't have time or resources and they don't want to do that there needs to be another avenue to address that another resource um, we might need something like uh, to have New York, uh, guardian angels for neighborhoods uh, we have another problem in neighborhoods is the preponderance of rental properties the street I live on is almost all rental properties and it surely shows because they don't mow their yards they have pile-up junk and uh, it, it just gets to be a mess um, and the planning that goes into what what neighborhoods look like Um Obviously, that's that's a joke. I, I imagine that the current planning and development director was appointed because the, the developers and the rental property owners says, hey, yeah, that's the guy we want. OK, he's our man. Well, we have to have somebody else that represents not just special interests like rep. rep- Rental property owners, the Department of uh, the the Developers, the Chamber of Commerce. And then we have a mess in downtown Lawrence. And you can't get access to downtown Lawrence, Inc. I've asked if I could go to uh, one of their meetings. Uh, They receive city money, by the way. And they say, no, you can't come. Well, how is that? They receive city money, but yet they don't want the city citizens involved and we have a downtown that's becoming a a a blighted area basically with graffiti homeless people and uh semi-talented or not talented uh musicians uh patrolling uh looking for money um and we need some direct line of communication with the police department i don't know how you talk to the chief of police i guess you don't he doesn't have an email address. Um, I would, I'm going to look up to see what the qualifications are to become a police officer. In some places, you have to be 25 years of age and you have to have uh, two years of college
1: education. What, what do you have to have here in Lawrence? I don't know. Um, Dan, I'm going to ask you, we're kind of going off topic a little bit because this is about the government restructure. So I appreciate your comments, but I just want to try to.
8: Well, I'll, I'll shut up. But I think that all comes into uh, government restructure because I, I we need a government that responds to uh, interests of citizens other than the special interests. And one of the special interests is the university.
1: Thank you. Anybody else here in the room? Okay, I turn it back to the um Zoom audience. Barry, I see that you raise your hand. Go ahead and comment if
0: you'd like.
9: Uh, okay, thank you. Uh Barry Shalinsky, 645 Connecticut Street. Um, I'm gonna make a pitch in favor of, uh, I guess what I would call a hybrid city council, some elected from districts, some elected at large. The problem with a city council that is elected entirely from districts is that it takes a majority of council members to do anything to make a decision. So if you've got a council with say six people and you've got your one district representative, um, they might be a very effective representative in some ways, but um, they could very easily get outvoted five to one on certain issues. And so what good does it do you to have this person who represents you if they um, can't get a majority to go along with them. Um, I would point out that the demographics of our city uh, are not necessarily geographically based in some ways. Our new uh, commissioner, Amber Sellers, lives on the far west side, and yet she won her election on the basis of taking a large number of votes on the east side. And so um, under our current system, people do feel represented in some cases by folks who do not necessarily live in their part of town. Um, I see that there are some advantages to districts, but I also see that there are some advantages to at large, and I'll just conclude with this. Um, In other cities, um, I'll use the example of Tampa, Florida, they have a commission or a council with four districts and three at large. So a seven person governing body. What that means is that if you are an individual citizen, you have your one district representative and you have, Three at-large representatives. That means that when you vote, you are actually voting for a majority of the governing body. Uh, Every citizen in the town gets to vote for four out of the seven positions. Um, They have a similar situation in Kansas City where you have your a district representative, and then you have your district at large representatives. So um, I think there are some advantages to having a situation where the individual citizen has access, and not just access, but actual accountability um, from a majority of the members of the governing body who are personally accountable to them and their neighborhood. Uh, I think that really gets us the best of both worlds. Thank you.
1: Thank you. If people wanna speak, you can raise your hand on Zoom or just indicate. Um, Sven, if you don't mind, I wanna see if others wanna comment first before we... That's fine. Thank you. Anybody else? Okay. Oh, there we go. Rob Sands.
10: Yeah. Hi, uh, Rob Sands, eight hundred nine Fox Chase. So I, um, I had the pleasure of watching the proceedings um, for Zoom. And uh, of, of the uh, of the advisory commission, and and there's been a lot of great things
2: tonight. And a couple of things I'd love I want to. I can't
1: uh, Hey, hey, Rob. Do you have? We hear some background sound, and um, and we're having trouble better. hearing you. you. Say again. Is that better? That's a little better. Yes, thank you.
10: Okay. Sometimes my microphone picks up crazy things uh, and, but I'm the only one talking in the room. So go figure. Um, one of the, one of the things that, that Dr. Nelbanian brought up that I, I think is a very valid point is, is, what the, the advisory committee looked at as far as the values. And the, the first question that they started with is with those list of values was, does the city structure need to change? And, and then it was, in, then it was a recommendation based on um, best practices from other communities, communities that are close to us, that are far from us, that are around our size, that are not. Uh, some of the things that Dr. Albanian um, didn't mention on tonight's meeting, but that the advisory uh, committee looked at was, was input from city managers, or maybe you did mention this, I can't remember. Input from city managers that have different structures and and looked at some of the pros and cons. One of the key things I think we need to we need to focus on is. Number one, do we all do we agree as a community that the structure needs to change? Yes or no? And then there can be, you know, there's always going to be desire to know what those
0: districts look like or could there. Uh oh. Think. Rob, I'm not sure. I would.
10: What's that?
1: Oh, sorry, you dropped off momentarily. Now you're back.
10: Okay. Uh, one of the things that that uh, I would, you know, I know I know that that voter engagement is really a, a big concern. And it's a topic that's come up tonight. And it's a topic that came up a lot um, during the advisory committee, and I really believe that a change in structure would facilitate better voter engagement. When you talk about, generally Lawrence has about a 70%-ish neighborhood wise uh, um, registered voter to population. And so for a district of 15,000 people roughly, that makes about 10,000 folks that are registered voters. 10,000 registered voters in, in, in the neighborhood is much more manageable to be able to engage with on a very meaningful level, I'm not really talking about you know uh, events or or forums or these kinds of things. Those have varying levels of participation, but it's a much more manageable size of a population to have good conversations with folks in that neighborhood. Um, during the uh, during the advisory committee meetings, I did an informal survey. Had over 100 participants in that survey and it roughly shook out. And, and my, my question is going to be when do we get to see or do we get to see the results of the citywide survey? I found it interesting that the, that the results from my very informal and unscientific survey of over 100 people bore out that it was about a 50-50 split of those that wanted to see a redistricting and those that didn't. Some of the interesting things, the comments, and I, I won't say, I won't share all of them, but there was – A lot of comments that did not of of folks in Lawrence that did not feel connected to their city government. I really think this is a solution that may not be perfect. It may not bat a thousand for us, but it will move us in the correct direction of more representative government.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
6: On that city survey, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry.
0: That's okay.
1: Um, Do you want?
6: I just want to say on the city survey, the results. Come up to them, Mike, please. Uh, Yes, I just want to say on the city survey, the results are available on the site. And I think they were running, one was at 75 or 80% for the mayor uh, being elected at large. And I think the other was around 70%. I might be wrong. It's been a little while since I looked at it, but the results are there.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Um, Yeah, since we brought it up, um, Rob, the uh, survey, actually, if you go to the survey, you can actually view that there's a thing that says show word cloud. And that actually reveals all the survey, current survey results and all the comments that people have. So you can actually see that's the benefit of Lawrence Listens. It's a live uh, online forum. So you can actually see what people are Looking at with that, I want to point out the survey is not a voting tool per se. It's just showing percentages and areas of interest. Um, I really appreciate some of the very thoughtful comments um, being added to Lawrence listens to, and um, I also want to say that we're you know we really are just gleaning information to help inform the city commission so they can um, have good information in making a decision about what might go might might or might not go on the ballot. Uh, Sven, you were going to say something additionally? Yeah, I just wanted to make a minor
3: point. Uh, I definitely agree with Rob's comments he just made. But when Mr. Otten was here in the forum and while John was speaking next to you, I I thought um, in 2011, my treasurer was Mike Rundle and he gave me his donor lists from his previous runs. And I'm wondering how, uh, I forget who mentioned it, it might've been you Porter that said, it looked like it was random where the past commissioners actually lived at. Um, I think by district, we would see donors also fall out more by district, thereby, generating less influence in other areas. So I think we need to talk about the effects of how this not only would increase engagement, but possibly increase small donors by each district. And that's another reason I'm in favor of the districts. Thank you.
1: Thank you. I have to turn credit to, professor Nalbandian, who mentioned um looking at the um uh, data about addresses and the fact that it didn't it wasn't it, it was random so thank you all right we're coming up on this on the hour of seven o'clock um
0: <laughs> is there any any last comment that anybody would like to make or question Oh, one more here in the room.
8: In this new uh, new uh, structure, uh, some attention is going to have to be paid to compensation. Uh, the mayor can't be a person who runs gratis. They're going to have to have a acceptable level of compensation, and they're going to have to be full time. Uh, the other commissioners, I don't, know what their compensation is now, but I suspect it's uh, inadequate. So that's in a new structure that is going to have to get a lot of consideration.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we did mention that at the beginning of the presentation there, this would be have some sort of fiscal impact, although we don't know what that is right now. All right, I'm gonna do one thing here. And one, thank you, everybody. Really appreciate you all joining us tonight and providing your, insights and feedback. And I just wanna share, um, make sure everybody can see this link right here, which is lawrenceks.org forward community dash engagement forward government restru- gov-restructure. So I got I to say it out. Um, if you go to that link, and you all have my, all of you on Zoom have my email because you got a response from the Zoom meeting, feel free to reach out if you have any questions, if I can help you in any way. And if you go to that link, um, there's a lot more background information. There is the Lawrence Listens link. There's an email address where you can send comments or questions. So there's a lot more ways to learn more and participate. And- I think most importantly, um, the report is there, the the Government Study Task Force report is there, which has a lot of great information um, and is very
0: comprehensive.
1: And there's a video as well, which explains a lot of um, what's going on currently and how this is playing out. So feel free to share that information. As I said, we're really um, tasked with trying to glean information from the community. Um, for the benefit of the city commission. So that's our, our main, we're not here to promote anything or advocate as much as we're just getting information for them to, to make a very well-informed decision. Um, and so with that, I think we will end our um, time together tonight. Again, thank you, everybody. Really appreciate your time and energy. And uh, like I said, feel free to reach out if you have any questions or other thoughts. Thanks, everybody. Really appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Porter.